Welcome to the Yes to I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. Hello and welcome to Yes to I Do, your wedding planning podcast. My name is Jack Brister and I'm joined as always by my co-host Chris Piercy. Today was our Instagram live episode where we were talking about expectations versus reality when planning your wedding. This is how we got on. We're talking about expectation versus reality. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to see the comments or not, so you may have to host on this one, which I know makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. But It does, yeah. I mean, I always get a bit confused when people start commenting and I can't quite keep up while I'm trying to say something at the same time. It never you, ends you, well. We'll have to wait and see if someone comments, and if they do, then I'll deal with the comments and you deal with just being, well, being amazing. you do. Well, that's not what, what I was going to say, but... no. <laughs> Um, so I've I've had a lot of thought because we only came up with this idea yesterday because we're that well planned with things, aren't we? Don't but, don't give don't don't try and convince them we came up with it any earlier than this morning. Okay, it was this morning. Well, no, it was this morning we decided on it. So it's true. Uh, but it's actually sparked off a lot of different things in my head um, in terms yeah. of what what this means because there, there, I think there's a lot of different things which the expectation often doesn't meet the reality or even vice versa sometimes. Uh, but I want to kick things off by the expectation that people really, really care about your wedding. Oh, okay. Just just to go straight that. off the bat with okay. really, really controversial. Start so I think, deep. Start deep here. So I think that when, when people get married, and they, they are quite rightly very, very excited about the whole process because it's a really exciting time. It's a chance mm. to get members of the family together. It's a chance to get old friends together and just have a really, essentially what's a party with you know some legal stuff at the start which actually means you get married and you know marrying the love of your life is all really really exciting but i think sure. that people um tend to get a bit carried away and start thinking that's all everyone else is thinking about as well because i that, that not i'm not putting a downer on the fact that you're about being excited about your wedding you totally should be excited about your wedding but other people have got other stuff going on in their lives as well so to just kind of kind of say oh why isn't everyone kind of messaging me how asking me how the wedding planning is going why isn't people doing that so i think there's an expectation that you know everyone else's life stops um but the reality is that that's not quite how it works and everyone else's lives are going on it's not that they don't care but they've got their own stuff going on as well so i think that's a kind of an expectation which needs to be um put in check or just have some um observation towards it anyway at least i think yeah i think that that's a great point. Um, I wasn't expecting you to start there, but we'll take or, or, it. Or um, with anything good, presumably. With it, no, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, anything good is always a bonus in my mind when uh, when you're talking. But I think that's uh, a great point. When when you are planning your wedding, it's obviously it takes over your life for the better part of two years, really, doesn't it? Mm. Um, it becomes the most important thing in your world, but it's not the most important thing in everyone else's world because they have other things they need to think about too. So you need to deal with the fact or you need to be able to understand the fact that other people have other things going on and the same applies to the suppliers that you're booking as well they have other couples that they have to deal with they have to entertain or they have to go and um, talk to and all these things as well as their own personal lives as well so you can't always expect them to necessarily be 100% on your wedding at all times and answering questions as quickly as perhaps you might like because you are if you're planning your wedding in that particular hour and you send a supplier a message and they don't reply straight away, 
that's because they're busy doing their own thing. They've got to they've got to run their business as well as uh, entertain and and you know keep you happy as well. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I think there are there are other things going on in other people's lives, and it's a really good point. Yeah, I think that the um, uh, with regards to the wedding supplier thing, is it's not that they don't care or anything, but you know your wedding could be one of fifty or one of a hundred or one of a hundred and fifty weddings that that particular supplier is dealing with in that sure. just one in that one year so um but the, i i didn't want to feel i mean i feel like that's a bit a bit negative so i wanted to put kind of a positive spin on this by yeah. kind of trying to perhaps put together something which would um help with this and and it's the the idea of taking the expectation off yourself almost that it doesn't have to be the only thing in your life so what i quite often say to couples i mean if i meet them at a wedding fair or something like that is that they should get the bare bones of it sorted so that's the that's your, obviously your date your venue um your registrar celebrant you know whatever it is make sure it actually yeah. is a wedding um and arguably the photographer because if you want the a particular one they tend to get booked up very early and then take a few months off you know if your wedding's 18 months two years away you know you can take months off you can literally say look all of march we're not even using the word wedding yeah. you know everything's not going to fall apart if you get some inspiration and you want to then by all means but you if you pull back your own expectation about you know what you have to do then you know you will start realizing that kind of other part i mentioned about other people not thinking yeah. about it all the time i think that i think i've made my point clear haven't i yeah i think that makes perfect sense and there's uh I think there's a particularly good book that talks about this, isn't there? Well, that's not... I don't think I particularly covered that exactly in my <laughs> book, Bliss of Wedding Planning and Becoming a Stoic Bride, which is very soon going to be available on Audible as well, as paperback and Kindle is already. Uh, but yes, it's about how to stay stress-free through the wedding planning process, but we'll get on to that. Uh, and if your expectation yeah. that that book is going to be very good, then the reality is that it is very good. Um <laughs> Is that, was, that, was that cheesy enough for you? That was that was awful. I, I okay. loved it though. So yeah. a point that I think is quite a big one that I think kind of encompasses the entire wedding planning process is that it doesn't matter how much you plan what you're going to do and you set out the expectations for every single bit. It's not going to happen that way. It doesn't matter how much you do of everything something will happen that means that that's not going to be how it runs and yep. you kind of need to accept that really um it's just it's just not possible yeah i mean t t time scales um they, they can go out the window very 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 quickly um and through no fault of your own I mean, uh, the, the wedding i had this this weekend um inexplicably the car the bride was ready and the car arrived half an hour late you know what what, what, what can you do about that? Absolutely nothing. You just have to kind of just go with the flow and, you know, they will cut time from something. They'll make up some time somewhere else or things just run a bit late, you know. And yeah. if it does, if it does run a bit late, then, you know, as a supplier, we kind of expect that. Um, so I, when I, I'll always arrive nice and early anyway. And then if it runs the time, great. And if it run, starts late, it starts late. It doesn't really matter. So, but, you know, if things start running behind time, it's fine. That expectation that this is going to happen at this time and this is going to happen at this time, the reality is it will be that time-ish. And that's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've got a comment underneath. In, I'm not entirely sure what the, the name is, but the, the tag is Total Chir Chiro UK, I think. Total Cairo UK. Cairo. Oh, is that right? Okay, chiropractor, I'm guessing. 
That's my sister. That's your sister. She says it's a great book. Yeah. I feel like she has to say that because she's your sister. Either that or the complete opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yes, thank you very much, Rosie. It is a very good book. I I entirely agree with you on that point. Yeah. Um, So I think that the problem with what we've done this time, Chris, is we've actually planned this. So I've got some things I actually want to cover rather than just rambling on for a bit. Carry on. Which is quite disturbing i've I've got a a list here so yeah i've got my list and so something that i came across and this is the whole reason it actually came up in the first place Mm. um because i mentioned it to you this morning (laughs) and then we we moved on and thought oh actually that's a a good thing to talk about kind of generally expanding it but it's about time scales and how to kind of plan effectively for the wedding day because Mm. A friend of mine is a dentist and he sent me a message on Sunday saying just a point you should point out on the wedding on the wedding planning podcast next time you do something is that uh, you shouldn't try and get your teeth whitened the week before your wedding because it's not going to happen in the same way that if you try and diet a week before your wedding nothing's going to happen or you go to the gym the week before your wedding, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think you need to be a bit realistic about how long it takes to sometimes achieve certain things. And that expands beyond looking your best. It expands into suppliers and, and making sure that you get give them the right timescales. So uh, a caterer needs to have the, uh, the, the menus in by a certain time in order to make sure that they can achieve what they want to achieve and you can get what you want and the photographer needs to know the style that you want to be shooting in and all this stuff so what group shots you want taken yeah exactly so you need to be aware of different timescales in order to make sure you can get what you want with uh, from your wedding yeah and i think that the something to take from that is when you're dealing with a supplier that you've booked or someone you're potentially booking is how much information they're asking for asking from you and when they're asking for it so mm. for me there's a there's a whole bunch of information that i want when i'm when i'm booked for someone's wedding and i will ask for that the second that the deposit's been paid yep. i'll tell them look this doesn't need to be done straight away but the sooner i've got it the sooner you know i've got everything um mm. and most of the time people go well i might as well just fill that in fill that in now you know and sometimes they don't know exactly what time they want me to start or something like that and they kind of fill it in later but that that is what you're that's what you're gonna get you're gonna get with a a good supplier they are going to want that information from you and they're gonna want it nice and early because you know the last thing you want is someone a supplier saying to you last minute oh by the way um do you want this or this or you know what time am i doing this or whatever Mm. it might be um yeah so it's uh it's i think in a roundabout way, what we're talking about is the expectations, um, is setting correct expectations about things rather than kind of some sort of reality you might have made up in your head. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for instance, I think a lot of people don't realise how long in advance you need to be buying your wedding dress. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've had people saying um, six months, people saying nine months, um, depend, and I think that's depending on whether it's off the peg or, you know, whatever. And yeah. obviously you've got to fit, time to get it delivered and then fittings as well because you obviously want it to make fit absolutely perfectly because i obviously know a lot about wedding dresses right um i mean i'm it's uh, every saturday evening is it you yeah every saturday evening I, I pop on pop on a little uh, fishtail number uh <laughs> I, I, I got the hips for it right 
Um, <laughs> no, essentially, what I'm doing is passing on information that other people have told me, but that's yeah. basically my, my my job here. Um, so yeah, I I think one of the, the one of the the expectations that we kind of like joked about, but I think it needs mentioning, is to lower your expectations if you go for someone really really cheap. Okay. And, that, and that's like kind of across the board whether it's a cheap photographer cheap magician cheap whatever is to make sure that you i just i've heard too many horror stories about you know if, if someone like a dj is charging 200 quid and they haven't taken the deposit and they haven't so you haven't signed a contract or anything like that let's say some someone comes along and says actually on that date do you want to work for 300 quid instead you know they, they, the only obligation they've got is a, a moral one, yeah. and if their moral compass isn't quite uh, pointing in the right direction, then they're going to take the job that gives them a hundred quid more. Uh, it's not how it should be, but you know, your expectations of the of what a supplier is going to deliver to you um, is probably going to be matched quite nicely with the price I would have thought. Yeah, um, you can't. You, I don't think you can expect a two thousand pound photographer service for five hundred pounds. No, absolutely That's, not. You're, 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 not gonna, you're not going to get that. But just to very, very quickly jump back to timescales and how you can yep. overcome this problem of the timescales, perhaps you're not getting that right, is yep. when you're at a wedding fair or something like that, ask the question to the suppliers. Ask them what their uh, what their timescales are because they will be honest with you. They'll tell you. They'll tell you how far they get booked up. And, and so you yep. can make sure that you can give them the answers in the time that they need rather than uh, having them having to chase you and then wondering whether uh, the, the wedding is even going ahead or they can provide the right kind of service to your wedding day. So make sure you ask those questions. Yeah, I, I think that the, the what we always say with on the podcast is that if you like a supplier, mm. book them in. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if the wedding magazine says, oh, you don't need to do this until this date or this until this date. If you've decided you like someone then book them book in them. book them just book them straight away and you know if you can't afford the deposit at that moment then say to them look i want you above everyone else can't afford the deposit at the moment can we arrange some sort of payment terms can we do this or that or the other or something because if you definitely want them and you've made it clear to them and you get on with them then the chances are they like you and they want to be there as well you yeah. know so you know it, get get it booked in i mean and it doesn't matter like I said, what the wedding magazine says or what kind of the kind of the norm is you know i've got a booking already for may 2021 which is which i've had for a month already so that's sort of 27 months in advance yeah which i mean some people say people, some people go well, that's absolutely nuts why is someone booked a magician that far in advance and it's because someone's just said look i want i've seen you i want you you know i want you there book, yeah book it in if someone else doesn't it's a saturday in may if someone else doesn't if someone if they didn't book me for that date someone else would because that's yep. the nature of the, the the wedding business when you're kind of busy so for sure this just tends to be how it how it is yeah i think that that's a great point really um like if you get on with them then then book them and make sure that you get them because then you're if you can get what you want and you can you can do that then your expectations are going to be closer to your reality because if yeah. you've been planning this wedding since you were six years old, for example, then your mm-hmm. expectations are sky high by the time you yeah. get to being engaged and ready to start actually planning this wedding. Your expectations are really high. 
And mm. so now you have to match those. So if you can get the supplies you want, at the, uh, book them as early as you can so you can get the supplies you want so your reality ends up as close to your expectations as possible. Yeah. And the, the other thing, which is not really linked with expectation reality, but the advantages of booking early is that if that supplier's prices go up, then you've already yeah. signed a contract. If you're with a professional, you've already signed a contract at that rate. So if their price goes up 100 quid, 200 quid, or whatever it might go up by, yeah. 500 quid, who knows, then you're still getting them at the rate that they that was previously agreed. So um, there, there's that bonus to it as well. Um, this is... Can I go controversial again? Yep, come on. Hit me with it. Uh, the expectation that everyone wants to be in photos. Okay. So you so this, this is in, this is interesting because you sent me this as a idea of something to talk about saying talking about photos and guests and mm. I thought you were going to say the exact opposite is that everyone's going to want to have a photo with you. Well, this, this this is more well we can talk about it from both sides i guess yeah but, go on then yeah uh, well so i'm talking about it i put it down there as a in terms of like big group shots so quite okay. quite often I, I don't know if you have this or not but quite often when they want to do the big group shot of everyone there because i think that although group shots are becoming less popular i still think that every single couple want to have a photo where you know every single guest is there for sure and quite often what i'll end up um what i end up doing at that time because i'm not going to obviously be performing to anyone because you know they're in the photo but i'll i'll start going around the venue as an usher almost yeah kind of like mind sweeping for for guests who've come and like quite often I'll, I'll find a straggler at the bar and they're like oh no i can't be bothered you know yeah, which I, which I think is just categorically rude, but oh yeah, yeah, you know, I think that if you, if you've attended the wedding and someone's paying for you to have food and drink for the day and put on entertainment and whatever else, you know, it, walking outside should be uh, you know the, the 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 least you can do. But yeah. you know, some people are like they are, I guess. Um, but yeah, don't expect every single person to be in that group shop because there might be a straggler here or there who just decides they don't want to. So Okay, that makes sense. I understand where you're coming from there. But um, I would say that if the, the way to get around that would be to perhaps have some sort of announcement that like, at the ceremony or at the end of the ceremony or something or at some point when everyone's all together, just putting out there really, really clearly how much it means to you that that everyone is in that group shot. Yeah. You know, regarding, I mean, if you have trouble with mobility, for instance, which is something I was going to get to in a minute as well. For mm-hmm. instance, if you've, if, you've got, if you've got a stick and there's a few stairs to get up, then make sure there's people there to help the kind of the kind of more infirm people get up those steps or, you know, make sure that the, if, if people are in the wheelchair, that there's people to help them with that or make sure they know where the disabled access is or whatever. Or if they're just grumpy to say, look, <laughs> smile for once and uh, come and uh, come and join the photo, please. You know, so yeah. I think that's... Um, that's how you'd get around that. Um, okay. Obviously, you thought it was the exact opposite of that. So what, where, where, where did you think that, that was um, so coming? So my thoughts on what you were going to say was that I've been to weddings where the drink reception, obviously the drink reception is when the bride and groom traditionally go off and have their couple photos taken. And mm-hmm. then they come back and then you start doing the group photos and that kind of thing. There's been a couple of weddings I've been to, but the one that particularly stands out where the drinks reception or the 
the drinks reception overran by, I think it was an hour and a half, because every single person wanted a picture with the bride and groom. Almost professionally every taken one, one or just like a selfie? Professionally taken one and the selfie one, obviously. Um, wow. So it just took forever to get this done. And it was, um, it was, it just, it just, it, it was something you can't really plan for, I don't think, because like, no one would necessarily expect their guests to be uh, wanting to have a photo with them or every single person wanting to have their own individual photo or the odd, you know, two or three people. It just kept dragging on and on and on. And I I had to sit and stand and watch this happen because I had then had to perform for the bride and groom before I went off um, mm. for the rest of the day. And <laughs> you know, I was just stood there with the photographers uh, and the videographer as well, just sort of in disbelief at what was going on. Um, so I think, yeah, I, you can't necessarily... I don't think there's any way around that. I don't think. But well, I, I, the the only thing I'd perhaps suggest is that you know, if it's the professional ones, um, and you, if you really don't want that to happen, if you're listening to this right now and thinking that is not something I want to happen, then you kind of make it clear to your photographers that we have on our group shots, which are the ones you've got down. That's your list. After that, it's documentary style. So yeah you no know, because like doc- documentary style for those not aware is where you are essentially the f- photography is more of a ninja than a photographer it should be kind of blending yeah. into the background like a guest and picking up those moments that are happening that's it's more candid you know, more, more candid exactly so yeah. you you would you would instruct them to just ensure that it's all done very candidly um but you know in terms of people coming up and wanting to have a selfie uh you're i don't know, I mean, use, you, every, it, use every ounce of diplomacy you can to say that's not something I want to happen until we're on the dance floor and I'm a bit drunk later on or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, don't know. Difficult. It's a hard one. And there's the difference, I suppose, is that we both had the same sheet. You gave me the same piece of paper and we both thought different things. So mm. the, even, you know, that, I think that just goes to prove how different weddings can be at times is that we genuinely had exactly the same writing in front of us and we drew different things from it because of our experiences at weddings. Yeah. Um, another expectation that doesn't meet reality often, the expectation that um, guests know how to dress appropriately for a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm, it's normally... The, I mean, like most of the time when you go to weddings all the guests have kind of just put on their absolute best because they want to look smart, they want to look sexy, they want to look cool and whatever else. There's yeah. always some random uncle or something who, amongst all these people wearing beautiful cocktail dresses and sharp tuxedos and whatever else, there's always, always that strange random uncle who's decided to turn up in his ripped pair of jeans, uh, a shirt that doesn't quite fit him, that's unbuttoned down to halfway down the chest, um, and that that's what he's decided is appropriate wedding wear. And maybe that's his personality. Maybe you just know that, and maybe that's absolutely fine. But, you know, I think sometimes it, it's, it, they stand out like such a sore thumb that, you know, it's uh, it can be a bit of a... I don't know what the right word is. I mean, I don't know if it's a, a drag or it's just a, like a. Because I personally think like, is is that how much effort you're making for your for niece for your niece's wedding or whatever it might be? Whoever it is, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. I think and, it, yeah. you know it's one day isn't it like the yeah. ultimately it's one day you know you can wear a suit for one day even if you refuse to wear one the rest of the time uh, unless of course the dress code is smart casual, casual or something yeah. like that in which case you're you know fill your boots but generally I find that people want to look nice on a wedding day yeah so, I mean, we're talking about one in a 500 that just randomly yeah. decides to turn up so it's, it's, ne- it's never at every wedding or anything like that but you know there will be the odd few every now and again and you think oh come on but and this is this is something that uh, I think is really pertinent about about the making effort or maybe you're not that suit person or whatever mm-hmm. uh, there's an episode coming out in a few weeks time um with uh, Chantel Sophia Bridal, uh, yeah. really, really interesting episode. Uh, definitely check that one out if you're, especially if you haven't got your dress yet. But even if you have got your dress, great to listen to anyway. She was great, wonderful information in there. But she said one of her favourite stories uh, was about a bride who was not a dress person at all. She was a jeans and t-shirt kind of gal, and no, that's absolutely fine. But she still um, had um, Chantel put a, a dress together for her and do some. In- embellishments and some embroidery and things like that to make this absolutely incredible dress for her even though she wasn't a jeans and t-shirt girl because it was her wedding and she decided you know what this one day i'm gonna make the effort for people i'm gonna dress up i'm gonna make it special um so yeah i I don't i I don't think it's too much of an ask for everyone else to so the way around it is to maybe even put on the invites um that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, dress is, to impress or whatever. Yeah, you want to put say. a dress code on there, and expl- and if you have to explain that dress code, because not every if you're if you're wanting a white tie wedding, for example, or even a black tie wedding, something like that, not mm. everyone's going to necessarily know what that is. Yeah. So you might want to explain on the back of the invite what that that entails, like what they have to wear, what they're expected to wear, or even if you're going for dress to impress, what you mean by that, even if you keep it vague. You know, like yeah. you say, suits and cocktail dresses. It gives lots of scope to kind of play with and do what you want with. But you've given them an idea as to what they're uh, they're expected to wear. And someone still might turn up wearing jeans and t-shirt. It will still happen, of course. It will. But it, it's, 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 it's still happening. You're, you're but... doing your best to sort of mitigate well, it. Well, this is something that I talk about in the book. About I mean, a lot of the book is about um, understanding control. I mean, that's what mm. whole, the whole of chapter two is about. And how, you know, there are certain things which are outside of your control and all you can do is your part. And so your part in this instance would be making sure that everyone gets an invite and the dress code says whatever it says. If yep. then someone decides to completely ignore it, then, you know, there's a that, that, you, you did your best and that's all you can ever do. I mean, this exactly. is, I mean, it's just popped into my head. Another one as we're speaking here is the, um, and we spoke about, this with Dan Rhodes in our second, third episode about phones and second episode. Is that right? Uh, he would be our second episode. Okay. Yes, that, yeah, second episode. So that was Dan Rhodes, uh, photographer, and we were talking about phones and social media at weddings. So yeah. the expectation that, you know, when people get asked to not take their phones out, that everyone's actually going to listen. Because there will always be someone who thinks, you know what, um, that, that rule about uh, the phone out or the camera out doesn't apply to me because I'm her aunt or whatever so uh, <laughs> yeah or i'm really good on instagram like... I, i'm super good on insta so <laughs> I, it's absolutely fine for me to keep my phone out but everyone out that that this rule doesn't apply to me yeah yeah so that that expectation that everyone is going to listen to the, the rules as well you know it's um it can go slightly out the window sometimes which is which is a shame but you know if you if you do whatever you can do that's all you can do uh, and then yeah. you just got to kind of trust that guests aren't going to be idiots but 
if someone is you, you did you all you could yeah you can't control that if they're they're gonna you've done all you can and they're still gonna be an idiot then you can't do anything about that at all correct uh it's more it's explained a bit more in detail in the book but that that is the oh, the, that the, the like idea in a nutshell three mentions of the book within a minute I, look, I've just spent the last three weeks recording it I to know. be on Audible, so uh, it's very fresh in my mind, shall we say. So that's going to be available <laughs> on Audible soon, guys. Um, I've, I've got a couple more down. I feel like it's your turn to say something. Well, I've got, so um, this is one that I think you originally brought up, but it's about your, the expectation that all your guests are going to get on. Yeah, this um, I, I can already tell this is going to turn into some massive self-promotion from both of us here. But uh, oh no, I wasn't planning to. Honest, uh, <laughs> me neither. Honestly, no, I was. Honestly, but definitely not. But yeah. you take you the reins then. Yeah. So I think even beyond the fact that you know it's going to be awkward and all that kind of stuff, we'll come on to that in a minute. But there's the fact that sometimes there are going to be people there who just don't get on, like you will have people in your friendship group who you who are in your friendship group and you always question why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What are you doing here? Yeah, you t- tell me you don't have anybody in your friendship group who you sometimes think, why are you here? I don't have any it, friends, so... Oh yeah, good point. But there, there's always going to be those people and so there are... And that's going to be a different person for different people in your friendship group. So there's always going to be people there who don't get on necessarily with each other. And there's not really a huge amount you can do about that other than if you know about the tension, keep them as far apart as possible. So put them on, you know, the table furthest away from each other at two separate ends, that kind of thing. Um, Also, on a more general point, is that when your guests aren't going to get on because you've essentially got six is it six groups of friends six groups that's, what, that, that's how i describe it yeah six groups so you've got um you're stealing this directly from my sales pitch you realize is this am i yeah oh, i'm sorry you uh, you'll probably you'll probably correct me but you've got your friends you've got your family you've got your work colleagues and you've got the same for your partner's side as well yeah so they won't know each other they're not all going to know each other it's not possible so you need to find a way excuse me to combat that and yeah. uh, i can certainly think of one way to do that uh, what, what would with, that be with, then jack that would be with oh i don't know maybe some entertainment of some sort maybe something like a magician to break the ice get people talking um uh, and sort of break down those barriers that are going to be naturally there because they don't know each other because there's only so much small talk you can make i think yeah, on, you can take over the reins now. Well, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and it does sound incredibly self-promotional. But myself and Jack both know the value which we bring to you know people's people's weddings because you do have those kind of six groups, and trying to get them to kind of merge in together can be difficult. So it's all very well us saying, oh, you know, you've got to have some entertainment because it breaks the ice. But the fact of the matter is that the first thing that happens when we perform some magic to someone is that the person will instantly turn to the person next to them and essentially either literally ask or ask with a facial expression, well, how the bloody hell did that just happen? You yeah. know, so it, if there's still someone they don't know, all of a sudden they have a, a common talking point beyond the, isn't the food nice? Didn't the bride look lovely? Isn't the, <laughs> yeah. didn't, they, didn't they get lucky with the weather? I mean, there's only so many times you can say that and it still be interesting after two hours. 
So it's um, the pro- providing those kind of common talking points through some sort of entertainment, whether that is magic or whether that's a caricaturist or whatever it might be, it it does it does actually change the atmosphere already. I mean, the first wedding I ever did, um, I, w- I went out to the back lawn and saw 100 people stood around awkwardly. And I kind of went, well, I can see why I'm here. Because I would turn yeah. up having not done a wedding before thinking, what the, what, what am I doing? Why am I here at this stage of the day? Why am I not here at the party part in the evening? But we provide a lot more value during that daytime because that is when there's the least amount of things going on. So it yeah. kind of, that that is essentially what it is all about. So and the the knock on effect of this, of course, is that when people then go into the wedding breakfast, because a lot of people have trouble with their seating plans because of family politics or because they're not sure who they should sit with who or whatever, um, they then, if they sat with someone different, they can say, "Did you see the magician? Oh my god, he yeah. did this!" You know. So it's not just the people there at that time; it's then who they then speak to about that. It's the ripple um, effect, isn't it? It's, it's 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 exactly that. It kind of it builds and it builds and it builds. So, yes, that's yeah. Uh, that's yeah. The expectation your guests are going on. Well, the reality is that some of them might not, but you can mitigate that with entertainment of some form or another. Um, sometimes a quiz at the table if you want to go cheap. Uh, it's quite interesting to get people talking around the wedding breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. But I think those times when guests are mingling you want them to be brought together because you you know you, you are literally bringing those two sides of the family together by, yes. by marrying so yeah, yeah could be the first time they've ever met so yeah and you want to make sure that they've got something to do exactly right so um something i've kind of covered slightly already but i just want to yeah. go a bit more is uh the expectation that all guests are going to be able to get everywhere. So I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the photos oh, yes. about less able yeah. guests. Um, I think it's like the there's a there's a bit of forethought about you know if you, if there are um, members of your family who walk with a stick or walk with a Zimmer mm-hmm. frame or are in a wheelchair or something like that. You know, if you've got a venue with multiple steps or something like that, then they when they need to get from point A to B, that sort of thing needs to be considered. So the, the expectation that everyone's just going to be there five minutes later. Is is unrealistic. I mean, like the wedding I had on Saturday, and this is something I don't mind doing at all. I want to point that out quite clearly. Mm. But um, like out of nowhere, I was about to go inside, and then someone says, "Oh, do you mind helping Granny down the steps?" So yeah, yeah. You know, yeah literally link, linked arm, and this helping this woman of eighty, ninety odd down the steps for because there was no one else around because they were going off for photos or whatever, and that's absolutely fine. But mm. you know. <laughs> If I hadn't been there or something like that, you know, this woman just left there <laughs> out in the yeah. cold or whatever. But so, yeah, it's just taking a, a step back and going, right, all these people are fine, but Auntie Joan's got this issue and, you know, yeah. Uncle Steve's got that or whatever it might be. Like, how, how are they going to get from there to there? So just, just a bit of forethought about that will definitely help things as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's- uh, a great point. And, you can kind of mitigate it because you, you the venue will will know how to help with that as well because yep. it's their venue they will know that they where the lift is if they've got a lift they'll know where the you know whatever they need in order to help get these guests up and down the stairs they will know where they are so be open with your venue about it and tell them that 98% of the guests are going to be fine but there's these couple of people who just aren't going to be able to get up and down the stairs easily and yep. so they will be able to help 
And if you can then point them out to the venue staff very often, and I've seen this happen a lot, is that the, the venue staff will almost chaperone those people uh, or help chaperone those people when needed to get about the venue in their own unique way. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's no one better to advise than that than the, the venue themselves because they've exactly. done it a million times before. Definitely. So, um, my, my list is empty, but I've just had a kind of a okay. thought. Um, the expectation that children are going to listen at weddings. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> or, no, the expectation well, think, that children are going to do anything, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think that not many people have that expectation, but I think that uh, when we covered this quite, well, about as beautifully as we possibly could have done yes. in depth in uh, the episode with uh, Danielle from The Wedding Crashes, which came out uh, in January. Um, yeah. But the considerations about, you know, whether to have children at the wedding or not, um, and the expectation that, you know, that everyone's going to have a great time if their kids are there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, and it's nothing against children, because I have children of my own, and I've got, you know... But the, when we went to a wedding uh, a few years ago, literally my, my partner was the... Um, maid of honor or one of the bridesmaids and literally we barely saw each other all day apart from to pass our youngest back and forth to each other so oh, you, you go and have some fun i know i'll have some fun you go uh, and, and yeah. that was it so kind of that kind of the expectation that's you know about children um and them being looked after and things like that is, is something that needs to be considered because the reality is that the unless you sort something out the parents just end up having to do all of the work which means they enjoy your day less so, yeah, yeah that's uh, something to consider. My list is now empty. How's yours looking? Uh, let's have a quick look. I think that's it. Um, yeah, I haven't got anything else. Because we kind of yeah, we covered all of that. Yeah, no, there's nothing else on there. There's probably things that we've forgotten. Uh, and if anyone, almost certainly. But uh, I, I think that the. <sighs> in a nutshell what we're really talking about is taking a step back and looking at what assumptions you're making about your wedding day uh, and whether it might be a good idea just to kind of just check in check in with reality and make sure that assumption is actually one that's kind of fairly grounded in truth or whether it's something yeah. are you going oh it'll be fine you know if, if you're and saying oh it'll be fine about anything just double check that <laughs> yeah and and talk to people about it. Like if you're mm. unsure, talk to her. Talk to talk to your suppliers. Even talk to us. Drop us a, if you are unsure, you can drop us a message on the Facebook page or something like that, or DM us on Instagram, anything like that. And we will happily uh, get round to it and then give you our opinion. And again, just because it's our opinion doesn't necessarily mean it's fact. Um, but it we I mean we've done however many hundreds of weddings at this point. We kind of know yeah. what we're doing. Um, kind of, <laughs> we, we we know a thing or two about weddings exactly um, but yeah and, and i think that's uh, that kind of applies across the board with all suppliers that you know the the sign of a a good supplier is not anything to do with price or rewards or anything else like that it's the willingness and knowledge to help in any situation at all yeah um so whether that's um just general advice whether that's recommending other supplies or whatever, that is the kind of, that is when you're going to, I mean, this is something that came up in uh, Tom and Murray's episode from Thousand Words, that, you know, that a good supplier will pay you back a million times over because yeah. of how much more they're giving you other than the service that they've actually provided you. And that kind of came up in 
Mark Gerrard's episode as well uh, from Pegasus yeah. Discos that's um, you know the, the, the things that good suppliers do that are above the call of duty you will you, yeah it's, worth um, their weight in gold worth that's, the weight in gold as, exactly um, right. as they said on the thousand word episodes um, they did so because they uh, are yeah. a wise couple yeah, so I, I would actually love it if we could get some suggestions from guests for topics for future episodes because we've actually started tweaking uh, how we're running the podcast now because we did previously have a good discussion with each guest in advance saying, you know what, we are definitely going to talk about this. Um, and we've the feedback we've got from people who have uh, been listening, and quite a lot of people listening now because we're the seventh most popular wedding planning, wedding planning podcast in the world, Jack. We are, yeah. Or not. Yes, we are. So, yeah, so we are now just doing it in a really, uh, really just fun and just conversational yeah. way where we just start talking, you know, and just, just seeing where the conversation leads. But with these ones, we obviously, me and Jack know each other quite well already. So, you know, us talking about just magic or whatever would be a little bit dull for people. So, we are trying to cover like specific topics. So, if there's a question you want answered or a topic you want us to, to talk over, Drop us a message, send us an email, um, yeah. speak to us through the Facebook page. That would be uh, that would be great. I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And we, we would love to uh, answer questions that that people have on these topics. And you know, if you've got an if you've got a question we don't know the answer to, we know someone that will, and we'll bring them on the podcast to answer that question. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we we always love hearing from people to tell us uh, what they want to hear more of because we will we listen and we do what you say yeah essentially that's right and yeah if you want to be on the podcast and get in touch or if there's a, a certain type of supplier you'd like us to get on the podcast to answer some questions we can also do that as well get in touch yeah. so i think that brings so, us to the natural conclusion to the episode do you think there's more so no my um dan rhodes oh, has okay now so said dan, my dan, dan yeah. rhodes has got a really important question there is it crumpet or toast in the morning toast well, I see. I have toast. Well, I say I have toast. I have bread in the house. I don't have toast in the house, obviously. Uh, I have bread in the house. I don't usually have crumpets in the house. If crumpets are in the house, then it's crumpets. But yeah, day to day, it would be toast. And what do you, what do you have on toast in general? Just, I mean, are you going to be surprised when I say just butter? I was I, I was half expecting you to say like plain and folded or something like that. <laughs> Oh no! You can't fold it. That's oh, that's that's monstrous. <laughs> it's like cutting it lengthways. It's like just don't. Ugh, Why stop. no? Why would you do that? No, yeah. no, on the diagonal. Yeah, no, I'm I'm more of the. Uh, I, actually, I, I like to mix it up, but I think normally I'm like crossways. So okay, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, uh, a pretty random question. Uh, and just does, in but... case you were interested, which you obviously weren't, uh, mine is peanut butter. I was about to ask that, and then I was also going to say you had a random question you wanted to ask as well. I'm going to save it. You're saving it, okay? I'm, I'm That's saving a bit of tension, it. isn't it? I'm saving it for uh, another episode because okay. just just to put this into context, I I came up with a, we had recorded an episode earlier with um, Diana from uh, Grace the Day Celebrant, and she uh, we asked the question. Um, and I'm not going to reveal what it is, but yeah, Jack basically lost it completely so i thought it it was it what i mean our random questions are usually pretty random (laughs) i'm sorry i just i just remembered it um but that one was just 
off the charts. It was yeah. incredible. Uh, so, yeah, you'll have to listen. I think it comes out second week of April. Yeah. So listen, listen out think. for that. That was a great episode. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> everything you'd possibly wish to know about the ceremony part of the day. Yeah. Um, from different religious parts of it and the how to personalize it and you know every, everything you could possibly wish to know so yeah yes perfect but, so chris if people want to find out more about you and i think there's something else they can find out about as well what might that be and where would they go so if you want to find out about me you can uh, follow me on uh, instagram that's uh at Chris Piercy Magic. Uh, Facebook is uh, Chris Piercy Magician Mind Reader Hypnotist, or my website is chrispiercymagic.co.uk. I've also released a book, which I might have mentioned about thrice on this podcast so far. At least. Uh, so my book is Blissful Wedding Planning, Becoming a Stoic Bride. It teaches you not how to plan a wedding, but how to actually stay stress-free and enjoy, or perhaps love, yes, I said love, the whole wedding planning process from the apparently most stressful parts down to the bits you actually fully enjoy so that is available on uh, on amazon so that is a, there is a kindle version there is a paperback version and in about two weeks time because apparently it takes a while there will be an audible version available as well so you can listen to me and my dulcet tones for six hours straight uh, if that is something some torture you want to put yourself through <laughs> and jack if they want to find out about you or your face, uh, how do they do that? So just before I, I do that, I've now listened to you give that talk, uh, that little spiel, a lot of times. And I, it's nice to see you improving your uh, talk on the on the book as you get as you do it more often. You get a lot better with it. So you can buy a copy then? <laughs> um, no, because I've got a copy. I haven't got a physical copy um, because I'm not paying for that. Sorry. I, I, I'm blaming you. That's it. So if you want to find out more about me, you can go to www.theluxurymagician.com. You can find me on Facebook at Jack Brister, the Luxury Magician, or you can find me on Instagram at J Brister Magic. I think that Did does you forget to, to breathe me. halfway through that sentence. I A little like, bit. I kept, wait, I kept waiting for you to breathe and then you weren't. I was like, breathe, Jack, breathe. And then you just sound like out. <laughs> just kept going and going and going. Yes. Seemed like you were struggling a bit at the end there. So, all right, all right. thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, so I am going to go. It's been fun, um, and we'll see you for another episode soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yes to I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes to I Do Podcast. <laughs>